0: this week we do run 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 we do run run yes we talk to the great ron howard director of the very serious drama 13 lives
1: <laughs> you're a monster
0: i know what can you do all that and the usual news and nonsense on the movie podcast it is all for innovative marketing ideas but really having the hottest day on record in the same month as a new predator movie is just a little much don't you think Disney Plus, I'm looking at
2: you. They're behind this. They are the demons that make (laughs) trophies of men.
1: (laughs) Just to be clear, Empire would like to make clear that we're not saying that Disney are demons who make trophies of men. Nor did they personally cause global warming.
2: We're not saying that.
1: We're not saying that. that. that.
0: We are not saying that. From a legal standpoint, we're not saying that. Wink. Only in the hottest
3: years they come. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I know it's very hot in the jungle in the original film, but surely the predators would hunt better in a colder environment when they use their heat vision. We don't know. You get a stronger distinction between heat of people. In colder areas but that would make it too easy for them. They might be like snakes. They might be
0: cold-blooded creatures. We don't know enough about the physiology of a predator. We have to catch one first
2: and then dissect it slowly. It's because they don't seem to own clothes. So... They do. They've got that sort not of... Not really. It's got fishnet, fishnet tights on and yeah. like a metal codpiece. I'm not sure that really counts. It's basically he's barefoot metal. as well. Metal as I now. mean, he's metal in so many yeah. ways, but... Uh, I they, like it. They go to those like goth shops that just sell moon boots and bits yeah. of string. What, Cyberdog? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He shops in Camden, exclusively in Camden. Hello, Pod. Hi. I'm Chris Hewitt, and welcome to the Empire
0: Podcast, which has been recorded in a lovely, glorious air conditioned studio. So the machinations of Disney Plus can't get us in here, again, right? Again, no. again. Legally again, speaking. That, legally speaking, they are not responsible for the climate change or indeed the hottest day on record. Fingers crossed. Wink, wink. Right? No wink,
1: stop winking. Stop
0: winking. Legally, stop winking. Stop winking. Welcome to the upper podcast. I'm joined in a very lovely air conditioned studio, Jazz, FM studio, by three colleagues of such lethal cunning. There may be a predator in here, we just don't know. I don't mean that in a dodgy way. I mean there may be someone who's invisible and we can't see him. Is what is what I'm saying.
3: There is a real heatwave energy to this podcast already.
2: It's like pure <laughs> heatwave madness. There's a real... I didn't have anything written down energy to this. Anyway. Sometimes we've found our hosts. <laughs> sometimes without their skins. <laughs> oh, is he nice. just
1: going to say cryptic things? So I should also... Can we
0: let him introduce... Please, i yeah, oh, sorry. For the love of God. Please. I've been off for weeks. So I've forgotten how this yes. works. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> clearly. Uh, I'm joined by my three colleagues of such lethal cunning... <laughs> Helen, you son of a bitch. It's Helen O'Hara.
1: I've been pushing too many pencils. Hello.
0: (laughs) Some damn fool (laughs) accused you of being the best. No damn fool (laughs) accused you of being the best. James (laughs) Dyer, our great big
2: fucking nerd. Hello, Chris. Hello, James. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I wait for you to introduce the other, the token first to die before uh, hey. oh. I tell you my ben, anecdote. Ben whoa, whoa, whoa. is not Hawkins. If anything, Ben is Poncho in this in this grand
0: analogy, this predator analogy. I might have. be the predator. If it bleeds, I can kill it. Can but, you though? Hang on. That means no. They're Maybe talking I'm about Dutch. the predator when they say that. No, guys,
3: I'm Dutch. <laughs> no, Tom Hanks from Elvis has just <laughs> yes. entered the building. <laughs> I like the I like the cut of this young man's musical chip.
0: I love Gore.
2: Oh, oh God. Oh oh God. <laughs> anyway, James, what i so-, <laughs> so so I was saying a thing. So Jason, so so back? I was uh, I wasn't on last week because I was at death's door. Mm-hmm. you know, with you, the cove. Yes, of course you were. Yeah, yes. I literally, I had uttered the day before. You were like, <laughs> I, was, I was standing over James with a pillow over his face. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> that, to yeah, I thought that was a dream. <laughs> uh, it's absolutely true. On on pilot, I was saying, because I was really behind, I really wanted to get to get Better Call Saul. And I'd be coming up with excuses not to watch Better Call Saul just continuously for months and months and months, let's be honest, years. And then I said, you know what, Beth, maybe what needs to happen is I need to catch COVID and that is how I will catch up <laughs> on Better Call Saul. And I literally caught COVID later that day.
1: Wow.
4: So
2: we never tempt the wrath of the whatever from higher top the thing is the moral of the mm. story. The demon who makes trophies. <laughs> That's right. You never tempt the predator's wrath. Did you wrath.
1: watch Better Call Saul? Please I don't tell us about it. I
2: watched all of season two two. I watched all of season three. I've now watched all of season four and I'm into season five. So yeah, it's actually going quite well. Are you, are you enjoying it? Are you doing that thing that Nick does when well, you, hate just watching you have to go through? Yeah. No, yeah. I'm loving it. I'm absolutely okay. loving it. Good. I'm having an, a blast and a whale of a time. Moves pillow away from James's face. I will I spare you you for another week. Yeah, it's quite yes. exciting. i now kind said that uh, I missed the Better Call Saul spoiler special. So well there may be other chances hmm. down the line so, Well, like, the word, so I can word get, word the, get the, the you might the, as well do it the you pilot well. propaganda yeah, out the way shall I it. begin with yeah. my shilling for for please come and see the pilot TV podcast live on Sunday the 21st of August it is our 200th episode it's going to be very exciting we can do an all day event a lot like the Empire 500 one. A, a lot like uh, the Empire 500 yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. almost uncannily right? similar yes, to it's the almost Empire. as if we
2: just ripped off the whole format but yes we've got a daytime oh, I mean, section if you want to start talking about that then that's a kind of I'm going to be ripping off the quiz to do a rematch with these guys who are coming whether um, they like it or I'm, not I am Helen, genuinely busy Helen will 100% be there this is, this is, a, this is an Amon guarantee <laughs> it, is my,
1: it is my dad's 70th birthday <laughs> I never said your dad couldn't bring come along,
2: I bring never said he why couldn't come why would I
1: want to bring my dad to Pilot TV to give him TV? the
2: best present ever Helen <laughs> tickets are on sale now Kings Place uh, Pilot TV 200 but I, I have the the link pinned in my tweets so go to at James C. Nye and you will find it there please come Think about it. <laughs> <laughs> you're coming. You don't have a choice. I've got to do. Them. No, I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna, I'm gonna gonna to turn up at all of your houses the night before and abduct you. Yeah. Predator style. Your I won't houses. be hanging you up without your skins, because obviously that would defeat the purpose in you coming. But, uh, yeah, it might be. It might be an interesting panel. Yeah, Can you do a panel without your skin? It is the podcast do that makes trophies
0: of men. Do you die if you get skinned, or do you stay alive for a bit?
1: Oh, no. Why... Why has this become a Predator podcast anyway? I love Predator, it's but what's happening?
2: This feels like a question for Bruce Bolton. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Anywho. Anywho. anywho, anywho. Listen, uh, that's all very
0: well and good. And, uh, you know, congratulations to Pilot on <sighs> somehow making it to the episode 200. Uh, well done, everybody. Uh, involved. Now. We're doing a live show as well. We are, that <laughs> is of, true. September 10th, uh, September 10th as part of the London Podcast Festival. Uh, we're back live, our first live show since episode 500, which of course was epic. And as of this weekend, folks, i am I right in thinking? British Podcast
2: Awards this Award weekend,
0: winning. Award losing. For best live show. We're up for best live show. Yeah. Uh, but we're up against a bunch of famouses, so, you know. No,
2: anyway. we're going to win. We're not going to win. That's an Amon guarantee. <laughs> I'm co-opting them. (laughs) It's not a dire
0: warning. They're not worth the paper that they're printed on, the among guarantees, let's be honest. So we are not going to win. But if we did win, it would be absolutely lovely. And uh, then if you thought, oh, hey, I'd like to see what an award-winning Empire Podcast live show looks like, then you'd be in luck because Saturday, September 10th, at King's Place... As part of the London Podcast Festival, it's only going to be 90 minutes quick in and out because it's a festival and there's other people on before us and other people on after us. Also, we're on sale. We're on sale, kingspace.co.uk. And uh, I think tickets are 12 quid. So £12.50. Uh, Twelve. Pa- oh, there you go, £12.50. Yeah. So if you want to come and see us in September, do so. And as usual, as I said last time, we will be offering this as a streaming service. But once we have either sold out or as close to sold out as we can possibly get, and then we will make it available to stream to people who are not in London. Because we're we're aware that, you know, not everyone lives in London. But it's the London Podcast Festival. I asked them to move it to Sheffield and they refused. So outrageous. It is absolutely outrageous. They could have changed at King's Cross. Anyway, enough Predator chat. Enough. <laughs> Ridiculous. Pilot chat. Enough live show chat. Uh, let's take a question, shall we? Let's. Okay, the question is, this is a good one. It comes from at Crack underscore horse. Crack spelled in the Irish way. C-R-A-I-C. Crack horse. It's not a crack horse. you don't give, I like it. Don't give crack to a horse.
2: <laughs> that's good advice. Does
3: it <laughs> come from the same farm as the laughing cow? Yes. The crack horse. <laughs> yes. That's why, the, why cows <laughs> eat are <it> so bad.
0: <laughs> Never give meth to a mule. Uh, maybe that's why they call them drug mules. <gasps> Holy shit. Holy shit, I've blown this thing wide open. Anyway, the question is from Crack Horse. Uh, <laughs> with the upcoming release of Nope, what are your favourite one-word title films? Oh, there we go.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Turn around. He's oh making yeah. me like Predator less, Any and I don't time. like it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's oh, exhausting. Anyway, yes, <laughs> uh, Predator. Yes, James. In very quick there he Predator,
2: mm-hmm. one Aliens, no, Commando, and done.
1: They, actually, Aliens was, was going to be one of mine, but I had you know reasons for it rather than just like listing films.
2: These are all the greatest films ever made, and they all have one thing in common: they have one name, title, one word title. The why they're the greatest films. Sure
0: made it ever is made. Helen.
2: It's science. <laughs> It's science, you can't argue with you science. Can't.
0: Science is also a one-word word. word. <laughs> I had to make up the rules. Rules also a one-word word. That's so. true.
1: That's, but every word, word is a one-word word. word.
0: <laughs> ah, is it? Because is Spider-Man a one-word word? Or is Spider-Man a two-word one word? But
1: it's not like it's a it's a name. Is it a name? It is. Yes. It's a proper noun.
0: Okay. What happens if Spider-Man marries Ant-Man? And do they take <laughs> each other's names? It Spider- so, hyphen, would it
1: be Spider-Man sp- man?
0: Spider-Man man. Spider Ant-Man man. Yeah. And if they have kids?
2: Spider-Man <laughs> man. Spider Ant-Man man junior. There are many sorry, many ways hot.
1: of dealing with this. <laughs> yes. You know, like okay. they could have a patronymic. And it could be <laughs> <A> who? like Who?
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. Think that's the alien in <laughs> So the the, the the
1: the son could be Spider-Man's son or Ant-Man's son.
2: Spider-Man's son. son.
0: <laughs> oh like in yeah. like in Iceland. Like in Iceland. Mum's has got Iceland.
1: Okay, <laughs> and you can also be Spider-Man daughter, you know, you don't have to you be... You could
0: be, son. absolutely, yeah, like uh, Spider-Gwen. There you go. If she married Ant-Man, would he be Gwen-Man?
1: <laughs> I guess they'd have to work that out between them.
0: All right, good Anywho,
1: stuff. Anywho, so I was going to say Aliens, but the reason I was going to say Aliens is I think it's an incredibly elegant sequel title. Instead of Alien 2, which, yes. you know, wouldn't... It, it, It like, it amps it up on Cinemorph the original. Boogaloo. Just adds an S job done like, I, I, the elegance yeah. and, and the simplicity and the balls of that title I think are really really
0: impressive and- it's surprising actually that they haven't done that for more films mm-hmm. right like, Predators know, Predators is one but that wasn't Predator 2 came first that's true and then they did add Predators predator, can't even P- P- I can't P- P- say Predators P- it's P- a real problem for me Predators uh, but for example Dune, Dune! 2 is not Dunes which <laughs> it probably should be
1: it, it, it
0: shouldn't
1: be, no. though. That's, that's not like, because Aliens was like changing genre, changing things up. This time it's warm. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, whereas Dune 2 is a continuation. It is not uh, this time. There's we have more, more Dunes. Dunes. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not what's happening. they got yeah. Kate
3: Blanchard with the budget. Although, there they will do do be more Dunes. There will yeah, be more true. Dunes. True. Yeah, it should be Dune and Duna. Just saying. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: oh yes, you make a compelling case.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. So I, I think that is is a very good one. I also like the ones that kind of do what they say on the tin, like speed or oh, rope. That's a
0: good one. Oh, rope is a cracker. Yeah. Psycho, psycho, vertigo, Psych- vertigo, Hitchcock. Hitchcock, Hitchcock. One word.
1: I mean, again, a proper noun.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> it is a proper noun. Of all of those, <laughs> rope was the one that was on my list because <laughs> I love how it not only refers to the rope the murder weapon in the film but like the structure of the film Mm. the whole one take no cuts a single rope has no apart from all the cuts cuts. well (laughs) he was trying don't come for hitchcock (laughs)
2: he's dead (laughs) (laughs) you did it with a
3: rope it's under
2: the table (laughs) and you know why it's called rope don't you it's a reference to day of the rope which is the refrain from prayer of the roller boys which was a big influence on that film
1: Oh, don't you even fucking
0: speak? That's
2: not a a one-word title, unless, of course, you speak really fast. Prayer Prayer of the roller boys, All one word. Rollerboys. Stop him. Do you have a pillow?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I will get one if it means an end to this pain.
0: Uh, Aliens is a great shout, by the way, because um, we all know the story, but I'm going to repeat it Mm. for the, the people who may not know the story or people who are listening at home. So... This is true, isn't it? This is true that Jim Cameron, when he was pitching this this the the film to 20th Century Fox, uh, remember them, 20th Century Fox executives uh, went in to the pitch room. There was a chalkboard or a blackboard or a whiteboard or some it's kind true. of board. The, 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 what kind of board it was is unimportant. OK, what is important is that Jim Cameron was in the room and he had something in his hand and he wrote on the wall and he wrote the word alien. Right. And he went alien. Yeah. Yeah. And then he wrote S- after it and they went holy fucking shit this is incredible and but, then and then yeah. he turned the S into a dollar sign and the Fox executives just shat themselves with their mouths wide open yeah, mouth, yeah. Mouth <laughs> wide open,
2: and coins came out like Scrooge McDuck <laughs> that is the most partridge pitch in the history of the world yeah.
1: and it works though like this is what I mean about it being ballsy like, yeah Jesus it's, it's also the
2: greatest film ever made so yeah.
1: uh, it's up
0: there it's, 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 it's definitely it's, the greatest one film of
2: them. ever made it's one of them yeah yeah, there's no prayer of the roller boys, but it's pretty it's fucking
0: good. No, <laughs> it's Christ very, Jesus. very true. But uh, but yes, aliens, good, good shout, mm. and Hitchcock, very much of those one-word titles: Rope, Vertigo, Birds, Northwest. All the great films mm. that Hitchcock did were one-word titles. Rebecca, good stuff. it's Chris, Helen. It's a,
1: no, but Rebecca is a good one-word title. That's a proper noun. It is. Just, it's impressive that it's not. You know, it's not the protagonist's name, it's not the kind of, if you like, antagonist name. It's just this mysterious presence that shapes everyone else around her. I think it's quite it's quite That's ant- right. Provocative.
0: It's we good. never meet her. We don't. We never see her. Yeah, because you could have called it anything. You could have called it Danvers or Scary House, but you, you don't. Yeah, you call, no, you called either. Rebecca. One word, uh, names are good for this this sort of thing. Dave.
1: Dave? Yeah. Oh, That's Dave. a good film. It's Dave. a good film. I'm not sure it's the greatest of titles, if I'm honest.
0: No, it's a terrible title, but it's a, it's a good film. And it is a good it's film. It's a good name. I've, uh, I've got a friend called Dave. I'm sure we all do. Yes. Everyone's got a friend called Dave. It's, a, it's, it's, it's the law in this country. You have to have a friend called Dave. Um, that's a great film, though, so I'm going to say that. Paddington.
1: Paddington. Paddington.
0: Not should good, have gone
1: Paddingtons.
3: Paddingtons with double <laughs> <Valentine>, sign, yes. <laughs> More Paddingtons. But do you know what it would have to... been? It would have been Paddington, but in the O, you just draw a smiley face. Because everyone feels good. Yeah, after
1: or watching or, it. or like uh, you you somehow find a way to put like five stars in in the Paddington, the P, the A, the D, D under the N and the G. Would have to have like stars in them to to describe the reaction of people to this film.
3: That is the, a, the D, correct D, D, reaction G. to the film,
1: right? You just draw little stars in the in the in the circles. All right. Anyway, yeah. uh Did we mention Jaws?
0: Jaws, one of the greatest films of all time. What a cracker.
3: It's more evocative than just, shark! <laughs> or Wait. Bruce, yeah. or big boat, uh, but yeah, that well, it's one- better that than, one's...
1: like, The Meg, isn't it? You yes. Know, well, yeah, most things, things are better than The Meg.
0: Mm, uh, we, of course, preserve judgment on The Meg, too, because Ben Wheatley's threatening right it, and therefore I'm expecting it to be good. Uh, unlike, of course, The Meg, which was,
3: uh, what's the word
2: I'm looking for? Not good. Mm. It's, it's actually, the sequel is The Megs.
3: The Megs, yeah. Just uh, I mean already hilarious. the Meg had multiple megs. That was that was the Meg twist. they They catch the Meg, they kill the Meg no there's a bigger Meg they do. they do there's always a bigger Meg
1: it's
3: a or Meg <laughs> it's a or Meg I mean there are actually so
0: many because I started to think about this and I started thinking okay so people's names are pretty good for this so uh, the aforementioned Rebecca the aforementioned Dave the aforementioned Paddington Paddington's also a place name place names are good for this as well Casablanca Manhattan oh, superb you know and other uh, Blackpool probably has a uh, there's a film called Blackpool there's probably a film called Blackpool isn't there yeah let's go with that Pontypool. That's a good horror film. Pontypool is a one-word horror film, Uh, but actually, I don't know how many great one-word
3: horror films there are. Cube, Cube, I've got one on my list. Uh Host, genius title. Rob Savage's host. Yes. Host of a demon. Host of a seance. Host of a Zoom call. Mm -hmm. Multiple meanings in a one-word title is my favorite thing. Yes. That's what most of the ones on my list is like. Oh, it's got oh thematic resonance, or it's got some other kind of meaning to it beyond the initial one. And host, I think, ticks a lot of those boxes. That's
0: a banger. What else you got on your list?
3: Uh, Another recent one with multiple meanings, mass, Mm. which uh, obviously it's set in a church. Uh, They are holding mass. It's in Massachusetts. After a, uh, a a mass shooting, so you've also got mass of mass shooting. It's mm-hmm, also got mm-hmm. mass as in weight of the weight of this basically conversation between two sets of parents, uh, who one of them uh, one of their children was the killer, and one of their kids was killed in the massacre. Again, mass massacre. That is that is one that has many 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 reverberations and meanings. So that's super good title. I think that's mostly on the dual meanings, but I, I, the other ones that I had. Oh, uh, looper. Yep, yep. Which, again, if you're coming up with like a cool sci-fi-ish sounding title, like it gets across the idea of the film of the time loops and of mm-hmm. looping back on yourself, uh, but also then the, the structure of the film, like with rope, because Looper is timey-wimey and wibbly-wobbly, uh, so you get that in the title. Boyhood, I think, is an excellent yes. title, but it's, just like... Girlhood. So succinct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, Celine Schiaimer's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Girlhood as well, where you're just like, oh, let's just distill the essence of this into a very simple word, but that just totally gets across exactly what we're going for here.
1: Titanic. Same thing.
3: <gasps>
0: Titanic.
3: as a cracker.
0: Avatar. A cracker. Avatar, the biggest film of all time, is a one-word Terminator. Term.
1: Although, although av- that's has <laughs> got it, Terminator. On it, you know it. Um, <laughs> Avatar, though... It loses some points, I feel like, for people not for first of all for being confused with Airbender Avatar,
0: which is why I made so so much money.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you say that, but we were we had a stall at Comic Con the year before, and we we were uh, we were giving away or not giving away, we were selling subscriptions to the magazine, and people had the chance to enter a competition to win tickets to an Avatar premiere, and loads of people thought we meant Avatar, as in the, the Airbender. And uh, I think we're quite disappointed when they found out we meant the James Cameron film. So
3: Idiots. Yeah. Fools. They didn't
1: know then. We didn't know.
3: Ghostbusters. Um, Gremlins. Yeah. Ooh, Ghostbusters. Gremlins is a good one. Eternals. Good. <laughs> yes. More. <laughs> More, keep More coming. Uh coming.
0: Superheroes are good for this as well. Obviously, Batman, Superman, although technically that's Superman the movie. Mm. Uh, again, we go back to our, our Spider-Man dilemma. Is Spider-Man technically one word or is it two words? Hello, uh, yes the... The, the queen I'd say of one
1: word. So the first the Spider-Man could, could work. Yeah, one word.
0: Right. Okay. Oh, so I'll right.
3: accept Spider Man. <laughs> I'll suggest it and accept it. <laughs> I'm just sorry. Just imagining Chloe Zhao walking into Marvel Studios, having a pitch meeting with Kevin Feige, writing Eternals on the board, <laughs> and then just putting an apostrophe after the after the S. Eternals. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening?
0: So she she goes and writes Eternals on the blackboard, and yeah. then writes uh, puts turns the S into a dollar sign, and then someone goes up and wipes it White out. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> so oh. it out. Too hard. soon. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's harsh. That's harsh. But oh come on, come on! i i It was pandemic. If we're talking pandemic. if
1: we're talking in one word superhero titles, surely blade.
3: blade. Blade. Laser. Blazer. <laughs> Blazer. Yeah,
1: one day we're going to say that name and not say that after it no,
3: this no. is not that
0: no. day no. I hope that day, day never comes <laughs> honestly uh, and I hope one day we will learn the rest of it because it gets quite complicated
1: oh her chinka. yeah name. I don't
0: know the name of uh, Missy Pyle's character well I do but I, it's unpronounceable yeah it's very complicated so, so there you go there's loads I mean there's loads solo solo so But ah, no, uh, Star help.
1: Wars story in it no. yeah,
0: solo with Star Wars story uh, Scream Scream Halloween. Scream is
1: a good one.
0: Uh, Alfie, Warrior, Parasite. In fact, two of the no three of the most recent Best Picture winners. In fact, I think the three most recent Best Picture winners are all one-word titles: Parasite, Nomadland, and Coda.
3: Mm. Parasite, an especially good one, again with the multiple meanings of who who is the parasite, who is the parasite in that situation, who is feeding off who. Um, again, yeah, yeah, lots of good.
2: ambiguity. Our, our
1: Coda. Technically, does that count?
2: Because it's an acronym.
1: Because it's an acronym. Mm.
2: But it's also otherwise words. it's the Patrick Stewart film. Exactly. Yes, it counts. <laughs> it's, it's one word. It's yeah. a word. If we're talking about the Patrick Stewart word. film.
1: Yeah. In in this case, given that they're all capitalized, is it a word or is it you know?
0: Yeah. I'm, happens if I'm here for Helen's Spider-Man. pedantry? No, yeah, uh, pettantry is, uh, is also a very good one word word. It's a good uh, film. Yes. Uh, our good pal, uh, Helen's favorite director, Christopher Nolan, is the king of one word titles at the moment. Uh, obviously, not the, the Batman movies, but, you know, he uh, following Memento, Inception, Interstellar, Dunkirk, Tenet. And now Oppenheimer, the guy mm. likes, he likes brevity, I, which is I not think, what we do in this podcast. No, d-
1: definitely not. I was going to mention Tenet, actually, because again, if we're talking about multiple meanings, <gasps> the fact that it is uh, reversible yeah. and, it is. and reflects the structure of the film, like rope, again, seems, uh, seems
0: mm-hmm. appropriate. All right. Uh, persona. Ingmar Bergman's persona. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else have I written down? Whiplash. Payback. Skyfall. Goldfinger. Oh no, wait, that's... That's your to-do that's the, list. That's for to-do list, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, I think that's it. Well, that's not it, there's obviously loads, but... It. Yeah,
3: those are some crack ones. It. That's mm. it. It's it part one. And it part two. <laughs> Technically, the first one is just it. the posters, it? at the end, it says it, chapter one. Seven. Seven. Mm, Sesevenin. seven s- s- it's a, hey, a seven Harry. in the middle. Carry. Magnolia, another one that reflects the structure of the film. All these like separate petals but connected in the middle. Ah, oh, that's a cracker. Magnolia. Mm, yeah. I'll
0: allow
3: it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that, that's more, that's, what else does that title refer to? Oh, there's, some,
0: there, there, there's bilters. I mean, I haven't even gone to westerns. A lot, a lot of great westerns, a lot of great tough guy films are just the name of the, uh, of the guy. Unforgiven. Oh, there we go. And listen, let's that's, that's wrap this up because we've got not a lot of time left and, uh, We're just listing films at this point. So (laughs) so let's move on. But listen, if you want to have your question read out in the Emperor Podcast and treat it with the respect it deserves as crack underscore horse found to his cost, you can get in touch with me on Twitter. I'm at Chris Hewitt. You can either slide into my DMs with a question uh, or you can reply to a panicked shout out every now and again, or you can just reply to any of my tweets. And if the question's good enough, I'll, I'll like it. I'll give it a little like, a little bing then you know it's up for consideration. Also, please no Muppet questions. Just wanna get that out there. <laughs> it's <laughs> you know, just a thing, you get a lot of those, do get you? A lot of those. What film would be you know, what film could be remade with a Muppet? Or you know, what film could you know would you have replace the cast with Muppets and have one human? Or replace the you know replace the Muppet cast with humans and have one Muppet? None of those questions, please. Thank you very much indeed. Anyway, there we go, alienated half of the listeners. Uh, so let's move on and talk about this week's movie news. Now we should say that we're recording this obviously on Thursday morning and the podcast goes out on Friday. Comic-Con is back, it's back in San Diego. We spent a fairly lengthy t- chunk of time in last week's show talking about Comic-Con and the panels that are going to be coming up and what we're expecting from those panels. So let's not necessarily <laughs> do that again. But uh, what I'm going to say is that we're obviously recording this before... For example, the Marvel Studios panel in which we're expecting some fairly big news, maybe not entirely hugely seismic, they may be saving that for D23 next month, but we're expecting some shenanigans uh, on the stage of of Hall H. So, obviously, we're not going to be discussing that in this week's episode. We'll discuss it in next week's episode. If the, hey, if the news is seismic enough, maybe we will find time to do a special, but it's unlikely. But just to let you know, that's where we are. All right. Excellent. Good stuff. So, Uh, what's happening
2: in the world of movie news apart from Comic-Con being back 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 Dune 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 part 2 has started shooting Dune's that's right (laughs) Dune's Dune's dollar sign has started shooting Euros praise the maker Uh, this is very exciting stuff that's pretty much all there is to that story but it has started shooting there was a picture released of a clapper board and you know it was pretty exciting
1: it was really good
2: wow we must be really light on movie news for this <laughs> week. I dare you? That's, that's the biggest it. news of the year. The only bigger problem is that I'm currently here and not currently there. Mm. So that's not great. But other than that, it's brilliant. So Helen, where are you going to set? <laughs> it, must be, it must be soon. Have you have you had the call?
1: Fingers crossed. Yeah. Imagine and in talks. You know, yeah. just it's really important. I think that I go to maintain that kind of continuity from the last half of the film. You know that I think I think it should be me. Definitely.
0: Yes, I think Denny or he should change his name to Dooney don't yeah,
1: I mean, like we've we've bonded now. You know, we've got that connection. So I yes. feel like it should definitely be Denis, me
0: and not James. And also, you speak French.
1: Exactly. He speaks French. C'est ça, ouais. Donc je peux lui comprendre.
0: Yes, absolutely. Ah, uh, the original Fremen. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so you could go on set for that and that'd be great.
3: My only request is whoever does this set visit, if a set visit is happening is you have to use the Leslie Jordan pronunciation, Danu <laughs> when you interviewed Denny Villeneuve. <laughs> when he was announcing the Oscars categories this year, every time Denny Villeneuve's name came up on the live stream, he was like, and best director, Danu It was astonishing. Amazing. Amazing. Who was that? Uh, Leslie Jordan. Who you'd, you'd you'd recognize him if you saw him? Okay, all right, <laughs> you just made someone up. This <laughs> is wild. Uh, okay, so
0: that brings me to a, a quick a sub uh, a quick sidebar, a quick sub question just popped into my head. What upcoming movie set visit would you be apoplectic with rage if someone else in this room got instead of you? James, we know it would be <laughs> June Part 2. If, uh, say, for example, if any of us, but, you know, Helen's already, mm. you know, she's in with, with Denis Villeneuve. She's yes. got his email address. Absolute, it's yeah. Denis, <laughs> Denis at
1: Sand, Villeneuve.com.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sandwormsrock at AOL.com. Yeah. With
1: an X.
0: <laughs> with an X, obviously. AOL with an X. That's strange spelling <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's spelling, unusual, it. but there you No wonder it keeps bouncing back. the Fremen spelling? <laughs> <laughs> um, with
3: Fremen's like these. Who needs Fremen in these? <laughs> and they've got you on script duties John Spates plus Chris Hewitt <laughs> <laughs> That should be a line <laughs> With Fremen like these Who needs Fremen <laughs> Just so I've got that clear
2: Yeah It's good I like it Here for it That should be a line uh,
0: uh, Okay what set is it if someone else in this room went on it, you'd be apoplectic with rage?
1: I don't have that sense of entitlement. I do. <laughs> yes,
0: you do. I do Yes, you do.
1: What have I gotten that I want? Like, well, okay, I've gotten a couple that I really want. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I like. I'd like to keep doing Wonder Woman and. Uh,
3: I'm glad someone does yeah. okay, well, you know. I believe you will be uncontested
2: in that <laughs> I'm sure I will and, Good movies um, Really? Where? <laughs> hey, come on Whoa, whoa. The first hey, one is half a hey. good movie I will 100% oh, give you that whoa No,
1: okay No, enough of that He's I mean, is
2: Aries, The God of
3: War that's one where she could have written Wonder Women and turned the E into a Euro sign. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Except
1: yeah. that Americans would not necessarily understand what that is. Anyway, um, uh, but yeah, I'm actually going on one next week that I am what? very excited about.
3: No
0: way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What? What is it?
1: I can tell you off mic.
0: Okay, do it. I'll, I'll bleep it. Just tell me. I'll, I'll bleep it. Will I'll bleep, bleep it? it. You know I bleep it. I'll bleep most of the stuff he says. Yeah, so that's true. That's <laughs> so true. true. I may as well just go so on. I'm going to set the Holy oh, shit. that is exciting. You're going on the
2: <laughs> I'll leave that too. Don't worry. What well, was that? The yeah, th- Ben. Yeah, I'm running out of bleeps. I mean, we can't You're say the because th- th- otherwise people will know where she's going. <laughs> we have a. <laughs> we, th- we have three bleeps yeah. and we've used them all. All
0: right. So what's coming up in the Marvel I... Universe? What's coming up in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that I'd be furious if you went on all? Of them. I mean,
1: you go. Yeah, all, you of, go them. On all, all of them. Of them yeah. you don't go on all I, of I them. I mean, that you is go go on a fallacy.
0: That is a fallacy. The last one I was on was. What civil war? No, Black Widow. Okay, fine. There we go. <laughs> there we go. You were on a Marvel movie before. Uh, you've been on. I haven't been on one since. Uh, and you know they've kind you of. You
1: were on Endgame though. Yeah. yeah.
0: No. So that's 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 exciting. But what's coming up in the MCU that <sighs> would make me mad? Ooh,
2: I know what I'd like to do. Okay, go on then. I can't say. Why? well
1: that's it, a great that's great anecdote
2: I, it would be it would be a spoiler i think to say well no i suppose it wouldn't be a spoiler to say at all uh I, x-men 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 always x-men so why would it be a spoiler well, it wouldn't really going on but on i was, I was gonna i was gonna make the little musical cue which actually exists you know, no, that's true point in time. it's not really a spoiler at all but okay. it does it exists in foggy's brain and okay hopefully my future all right
0: see so that, yeah, that well, yeah yeah maybe maybe um uh, Fantastic Four something like that I see I can't get yeah. excited about Fantastic Four obviously if anyone goes on Mission 8 before me I will rip your eyes out <laughs> I will hang Do down you the see? Ceiling.
1: Do you see
3: Do you see
0: Yes of Horizon 2 Oh that would be incredible uh, Ben what's, what, are you, what are you itching to go on now the uh, set are beginning to slowly happen again
3: Yeah I nothing is springing to mind I don't What like all future movies have just disappeared out of my head Rise of Skywalkers <laughs> Yes <laughs> Rises all the and money, Skywalker. and it's just its just my <laughs> personal money that is paying for that. Um, if, as I theorize, Rogue Squadron is a Poe Dameron movie, I would be all over that. I would be like, please get out of my way to go and right. talk to the cool mm-hmm. pilot man. Yep. He is
1: a cool pilot man.
2: He's a very cool pilot man. <laughs> Somehow, um, Dameron's returned.
1: <laughs> That's one thing about Dune 2, you know, there's no no Oscar Isaac chat. Yeah,
2: That's that is shame. true. Spoiler. Fl- mm.
3: Flashbacks? Blue-eye flashbacks? anything? Does space let you go see into the it's past? mostly
1: into the future, though.
3: Mostly yeah. into the future. All right. Awesome. Most of mine are things that they've already finished shooting. I, if I could have picked anything recently, as we now know it, Glass Onion, because yes. Ryan, yes. but also that cast. <laughs> mm. And in Greece, have like chilling about on the Greek islands. Now you're talking. That would be amazing. Now you're talking. Mammothria. When Mammothria happens... Three, yeah.
0: Yeah. Ben, you're the, the, uncontested. Yeah I, yeah, I don't okay, think yeah. anybody else you're wants on, and, and, and We okay. don't want to make you mad because right, you're but, serial killing in mm. predilection. So all is good. All is good. Uh, and, and, you know, listen, I'm going to take a leaf out of the main character's book and preach love and kindness and sharing. But if any of you fuckers go and pat in three, <laughs> I will drown you in marmalade. Wow,
1: that sounds I will give you the sticky. hardest of stairs.
0: That sounds very You will very come sticky. to a sticky end. That is for sure. Anyway, let's get back to movie news.
1: Yeah, sure. Anything
0: else that's been happening?
1: There's a lot of trailers. Mm. And yes. not all of them, I think it's fair to say Good, but let's, you know, some good ones. So, Lord of the Rings, uh, Amazon's uh, series, dropped a new trailer, which was very exciting. It had some really striking images in it that I'm quite excited to see more about. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there was uh, another trailer for House of the Dragon.
2: A proper trailer this time. A proper
1: trailer yeah. with actual, you know,
2: dragons, ideas of plots houses, and dragons. Houses, and houses dragons, and, all the good stuff.
1: And a little bit more of the actual setup of the show and who's going to betray who and why. Mm. Uh, so that was that was quite cool.
2: The Iron Throne has never looked Ionia or Thronia, Thronier? shinier, I guess, is a shinier and new. It's stabia. It's stabbier. There are many more swords. A storm of swords. A, st- a storm of swords.
3: <laughs> That's good. Very good. Very good.
2: All right. You can have that, George R. R. Martin. <laughs> yeah. I made that up. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, you did. It's good. I'm, I'm quite, quite pleased by that because I, I wouldn't say I was worried about House of the Dragon. I'm still not, and it could, you know, we could go either way, obviously. But I like that it feels like it's properly taking shape here because if anyone's read Fire and Blood, which is a book upon which. Which it's based, it's not a fun read. <laughs> like, it's a fictional history book. Like it is about as dull as a book can get, uh, while still having some interesting stuff in it. Um, and so, actually, it looks like this is taking the sort of bones of that, but it looks like it's done some interesting stuff with it. So, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased. Okay. Well, listen, I might as well throw
0: this out here to the, the listeners because we're having this internal debate raging at the at the podcast, a podcast at HQ at the moment, because uh, obviously we we do weekly spoiler specials to. Um, all the MCU shows So She-Hulk, Attorney at Law Is going to be starting on August 17th And we will be doing weekly shows devoted to that uh, And we do weekly shows Dedicated to Star Wars shows as well And Andor is starting When's Andor starting? September? I think the 31st of August 31st of August so it's just, <laughs> oh, they're, not, they're not overlapping again, are they?
1: Yes they
3: are Oh for the love of God Come on no. Why are they doing that When Why? right now we don't have either of Why? them Why wouldn't one of them be on now While well, there's a gap
0: what, oh, no, just to personally attack Chris Just different oh, days Oh okay, cool I'm done Different that. days That's all I'm asking you I'm begging you I'm, I, I would get on my knees But I'd be at least Three feet away from the microphone So that's not good Listen I'm going to give it a go anyway
1: Let the record show Chris is now on his knees
0: I'm asking you Please Please for the love of God Schedule Disney Plus shows That we devote Weekly spoiler specials to On different goddamn days. days Also turn the heat down You've made your point Prayers out on Disney Plus on August 5th. All right? Good.
1: Okay. Again, as Chris's lawyer, I'd like to make it clear that we don't hold Disney Plus
0: responsible for climate change. Absolutely not. Uh, Oh, Christ almighty. All right, okay. So Andor is going to be starting for 12 weeks from August 31st, we think. But then obviously, there are two fairly big shows coming out as well. Sandman. And The Sandman uh, Mm -hmm. also.
3: (laughs) Sandman, <laughs> quite, frankly, quite frankly, give me. A we break. are
0: discussing whether we should do weekly spoiler specials for House of the Dragon and Lord, Lord of the Rings, Rings: The Rings of Power as well. But that would be four. <laughs> there would be a period where we'd be doing four weekly shows every week, plus all the film stuff, uh, also. And we do have a bit of a manpower and, quite frankly, time <laughs> situation going on there as well. But if enough of you request these shows, then we'll look into doing them. We may not all be on them. I probably won't be in the Lord of the Rings ones. It's not my wheelhouse. Um, So, you know, but let us know. Let us know. We'll try and figure out a way to make that work. But there we go. Christ. Anyway, so those trailers are good. Um, And speaking of trailers that are not good, the trailer for Michael Flatley's (laughs) long-awaited Blackbird Came out. I tell you what, everyone who is working at Apple uh, TV Plus and is associated with the Dennis Lehane show, the, the star is Taryn Edgerton, which is great, called Blackbird, must have been so happy that this film suddenly comes out of the shadows after years of being on some sort of shelf somewhere uh, and is trending on Twitter. And Blackbird is trending on Twitter for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> so don't get those two confused. So Blackbird, in case you don't know what it is, Michael Flatley, the lord of the dance, his legs flail about as if independently from his body. Uh, I- terrifying man, according, <laughs> according to Chandler Bing, of course, of friends. He has decided to write, direct, produce, I think, partially fund some of a shot in his house, I think. And starring in a film called Blackbird, in which he plays some sort of hitman, secret agent type person who is out of the game and is called back into the game uh, with some some sort of bollocks. And there's some sort of bollocks and intrigue. And there's a there's a sexy lady and a nefarious gentleman who must be bumped off. And he is the Blackbird. Mm. And this movie was shot like three, four years ago and has sat on a shelf and has acquired legendary status in that time because everyone's assuming, uh, perhaps unfairly, I would say, that Michael Flatley is doing this as a family project and is a very talented man, very talented dancer, his legs flail about as if independent from the rest of his body. Look,
1: he held a world record at one point for the largest number of taps per minute. Like, he is a very, very talented dancer. He originated Riverdance... Um, you know, the, the dude has
0: mad skills. He has mad skills, absolutely mad skills. But some people are, are uh, unkind and ungenerous people <laughs> who should be drowned in a fat of marmalade. No. Have been suggesting that this perhaps is a fantasy project and it perhaps would be um, a, a stinker and one of the worst films of all time. And the fact that the film kind of disappeared when it was finished and hasn't been screened to anybody, hasn't been screened to critics, uh, backed it up for a lot of people. And then out of the blue last week, it emerged that this film is finally going to get a release in Ireland in September. It may also be getting a release over here in September, and it was finally accompanied by a trailer which featured actual footage from the movie, walking, talking people.
1: Talking, yes, with with indeterminate accents, I thought. I'm Uh, the blackbird. Yes. Well, was that meant to be Irish? Do we
0: think? I think he's meant to be Irish, yes, because okay. he's not Irish, Michael he's, he's, No, he's
1: Irish American. Irish
0: American, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: and and like
0: Malone from The Untouchables,
1: <laughs> that famously Irish accent. He uh, was him to
0: be lad, which no, he is not.
1: not. He pulls a knife. Pull a gun. You <laughs> Enough of this just...
0: river dancing shit. <laughs>
1: Yes, there's a reason we're ch- we're quoting lines from the Untouchables rather than from the Blackbird trailer, isn't yeah. there?
0: Yeah, there is. But I, can I can I say this? Sure. I I, I didn't think it was as it, it clearly doesn't look great. Okay, but for me, it didn't look as bad as I was expecting it, it to be. It actually there's a there's a, a modicum of professionalism here. Everything's in focus, and that's my that's my bar. That's my bar. Everything's in focus. It looks a little cheap. A little tawdry, a little TV movie, but next to the monsters, it looks
3: like next year's Best Picture winner. Maybe it's like uh, Top Gun Maverick, and it's like, no, we need to hold this. We filmed it several years ago. The world is not ready. We need cinemas open. We need audiences ready to come out in their droves for this action spectacular unlike anything anyone's ever seen. Maybe that's the plan. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the plan.
1: Maybe he's going to tap people to death with his super fast feet. Maybe he's going to kill them with a tap. Maybe he will, but uh, double tap to the head. There's a joke there, but I'm not going to make it. Anyway. Um, With friends yeah. like
0: me, who needs from enemies? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the monsters, though, that, that, that presumably they're going for a style which is very bad. Like they're going for a style which is hyper stylized to the point where everyone seems to be a bad actor. And and maybe they're not actually bad actors, but that's the style that they're going for. They're, they're kind of trying to replicate this extremely bizarre tone of a 1960s, you know, scary person-themed sitcom. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. However, if that is the case, they have, however, they have really overshot the mark and made it look like Amdram... Done badly.
3: Yes. So, Sh- mm-hmm. shall we explain what the monsters is, first of all? Just in well, a wider that's sense, first of all. It feels like that's a very American thing that, uh, other than just occasional references here and there, I, like the monsters w- has not been a thing for the last 30 years of my life.
1: This is the thing. I remember them being on TV when I was little. Thanks. And yeah. to the point where when the Adams Family movie came out, I remember thinking, why didn't they do the monsters instead? That's much bigger. Like that to me was what I was familiar with growing up cuz there were reruns on I don't know channel 4 or something
0: and then because of the success of the Adams family there was a window for a monsters a monsters big screen version and they seemed to have missed it by 30 odd years mm. uh, which is which is a problem so in case you don't know what the monsters is the monsters is a sitcom that ran on american tv in the in the 1960s uh, i can't remember whether it predates the adams family i don't think it does definitely uh, the
1: cartoon strip was already around
0: okay um, so it kind of came out around the same time as The Addams Family, and it's this similarly supernaturally tinged sitcom, and you know, following a very weird family. But you know, The Addams Family—they're they're just weird and supernaturally tinged. But in The monsters are uh, a Frankenstein's monster, um, a vampire, a couple of vampires. There's a wolf running around somewhere as well, and they get up to hijinks every single week. Uh, fun fact for you. The Monsters theme tune, that one, Uh, written by Jack Marshall. Jack Marshall is the father of Frank Marshall. Mm. There you go. Thank you you very much. Three fact structure nailed this week. (laughs) Uh, So cut to, they have their window in the early 90s to do a Monsters uh, Monsters movie. They don't do it, they miss it, cut to 30 odd years later, and uh, Monsters movie is finally going to come out, uh, it may be truly, truly terrible, the trailer is irredeemably bad, it looks so horrendously cheap and unfunny, and this may or may not have anything to do with the fact that the movie is written and directed by Rob Zombie, who for my money, and I know this is a controversial opinion, may be the worst director working today. <laughs>
1: uh. I haven't seen all of his films, and Aye, but I'm You okay don't, mm, yeah. Uh, look, it, it's a very bad trailer. So here we go. It. I mean, it, the other thing is, of course, that it has. We do now have multiple versions of the Adams family, and the live-action ones are fucking fantastic mm-hmm. movies that I loved. And today. Wednesday
2: Incoming, and, and Wednesday just,
1: yeah. Incoming, and it feels like a bizarre time to have a, a very bad monstrous film. But who knows? Maybe it will shock us all by being. Um, not as bad as it, this trailer makes it look
3: They've so. done too good a job at making it look bad <laughs> Rob Zombie has just done <laughs> well, the best job he could at making it look terrible The fact it's going straight to in the States because over here it
0: may show up on Netflix there's there, there's talk that Netflix may pick this thing up but it was funded by Paramount I believe and it's going straight to Blu-ray so they, they had plans to send it to you know have a big screen release obviously it doesn't bode well for the quality of the finished product. Uh, and yeah, Rob Zombie, you know, he's a musician, turned film director, made films like House of a Thousand Corpses and the original remakes of Halloween and Halloween Two and Lords of Salem. And, and I, I just, you know, I know some people really go to bat for his horror films. I think they're appalling. Um, and he's, you know, clearly a big horror aficionado and knows his shit. There's no question about that whatsoever. And he's a big Monsters fan. Um, and Helen's a big Leinsters fan. So... A bit of a Gaelic joke there for Alan you. Joker, uh, well done. <laughs> well, point for down. And, uh, and uh, so he's a big fan of the monsters, and he's made this film, and it's coming out. And the trailer looks truly terrible, and makes Blackbird look, um, honestly, like an unassailable one-word classic.
1: Well, look, you mentioned Halloween there. Halloween ends, of course, had a new trailer this week as well, so it we should did. probably mention that. It did. Uh, it's a big fight.
0: It? It's a big fight. It's a big it's a big old dust-up between uh, Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode and Michael Myers as Michael Myers.
3: So, Because <laughs> yeah, I assume uh, he plays himself now. Harry Hill's in this one. He basically sets both of them up <laughs> and then he stands in the <laughs> middle and goes, Fight! <laughs> badger, badger, badger.
0: He does that. Yeah, I yeah. think that'd be cool. Uh, yeah, well, how much of this is, whether it's a climactic showdown between Laurie and Michael, it, it makes, now I think... The last reckoning, their fifteenth climatic showdown. Uh, this time, it definitely ends for sure. Not the time she cut his head off in Halloween Age Two O, or the time he cut her head off in Halloween Resurrections, or you know, and so on, and so on, and so forth. The uh, wheel of time right, turns, Helen? and ages yeah. come and
1: pass. Yeah, leaving Laurie Strode fighting Michael Myers.
0: Absolutely, as George
3: R R R R R Robert Jordan said in that book. One thing's for sure, we're getting more trauma. <laughs> more, tra- more trauma. More trauma is on the way. But Laurie Strode. Yeah, very much so. I wonder if this is a bit of a fake out. Maybe this is a fight really early in the film. And if Laurie maybe doesn't make it that long. Although did, did they kind of do that in Resurrection as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, oh,
0: she's going to make it. It's good. It's, it's, I thought that I think, as well. I thought that as well. But the, the, the whole arc of those films is that she makes it to the end. And whether she dies at the end, I think they'll probably go that, that route. But yeah, I can't see... That because i you don't you know, think
1: he outlives her, basically?
0: Is no, it? is that what you're saying? I think they may die at the same time.
1: Yeah, I think that's possible. Yeah. If they'll only stay, if he's only staying dead, that would be super good. Speaking of dead people and seeing dead people, look, there's a segue there somewhere. Uh, yeah. The graveyard book is Ooh. being a- adapted, and this is very exciting for me. It's the Neil Gaiman children's novel. It's kind of if the jungle book were ghosts instead of beasties and the jungle were a graveyard. That's kind of the setup. So basically, um, a toddler's family is killed uh, just as he kind of wakes up in the middle of the night and wanders across the road to the graveyard and escapes the assassin kind of by accident. And he's taken in by ghosts and raised by ghosts. So he grows up seeing ghosts and um, faces
3: Will there be fun jazz sing-alongs?
1: I can't, honestly, I wouldn't rule it out, but I don't think it's going to be necessarily guaranteed. But it's a okay. really, really good book. It won all of the children's book awards. Going, um, it's one of Neil Gaiman's most successful. Uh, Mark Forster is set up to direct it, and I think it could kind of play to his kind of finding Neverlandy strengths. So I'm 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 cautiously optimistic. This has been in development before. It's been talked about for a long time just because the book was so successful. Uh but I'm you know I'm optimistic this one could could maybe do something. And All I would right. like to put my hat in the ring for the sexes. <laughs> <is. laughs>
2: in a graveyard.
1: In a graveyard. <laughs> I mean, best case scenario, you go to Edinburgh, I feel like. It's not gonna be a million miles away or Glasgow, maybe, because mm. they were sort of I think inspired by the Acropolis. You and I walked around it once.
2: We sometimes. did. Is it was it is it not the necropolis?
1: Necropolis, sorry, yeah.
2: yes. The Acropolis is in
1: Come on, you can do it. I believe in you. Rome!
2: <laughs> mm, Somewhere so Somewhere okay. with columns, Helen. Oh, boy. <laughs> Ireland. Yes! yes. <laughs> Ireland's got loads of columns. Where is it? You probably Some just were just there on your, on your talk. No. your not You weren't? No. Okay. Athens. <laughs> yes. Athens, that's it. Athens. Who can forget Athens, the capital of Italy? Um, oh. Right, let's talk about the next bit of news. Eddie Murphy's got a job, which is very exciting. Always nice when Eddie Murphy's in a film. He's going to be doing a uh, sort of Christmassy type thing called Candy Cane Lane, which does fill me a little bit with dread. That said, <laughs> it is going to reunite him with uh, Reginald Hudlin, who directed him in... Boomerang back in 1992, so uh, we don't know anything about the plot other than that it's it's festive.
0: That sounds uh, festive. that sounds
2: um, distressing. <laughs> it does a little it bit. Sounds it sounds yeah. potentially distressing, but yeah. hopefully it's going to be good. Well, it's yes. an Amazon Prime. It's going straight to Amazon Prime. Obviously, who who. Hosted his uh, his return to coming to America, so they did, they did indeed. Yeah, well, that's exciting. All right, that's one to look out for.
3: And it's an upcoming Christmas film that isn't a new musical adaptation of A Christmas Carol, which we're going to be deluged with. Those. Mm. There is a Netflix animated one uh, coming later this year that they've just announced some casting for. There is the Will Ferrell Ryan Reynolds one, which mm-hmm. I think that's on another streaming service. And then there's a Disney Plus Marley. Christmas Carol. Look, the thing uh, like, here's the
1: thing about Christmas movies. Do different. As the host of *Bah Humbug*, mm. um, there are only a certain number of like classic Christmas movie tropes. There's the Christmas Carol reboot of some sort, some description. There's the member of Santa's family comes to the real world, and like, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. um, and. Well, honestly, they're mostly
3: that that's it. I oh, and mostly, there's yeah. the
1: there's the sort of twist on it, it's a wonderful life. There's the sort of angel, angelic interference.
3: Or kid goes to the North Pole and meets oh. Santa kid and goes, goes to the, the That's actually warehouse and...
1: far less common than you would think. I mean, yes, you have Santa Claus, the movie, and uh Polar Express.
3: And the Christmas Chronicles. And the Christmas Chronicles. And the Santa Claus.
1: Far fewer otherwise. Like the 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 member of Santa's family coming to the real world all over those Christmas channels. Fred oh, and
0: of course,
3: clothes,
1: Noel. Of course, of course, mean person uh, goes to small town and rediscovers true meaning of is also amazing. You could
0: actually make, you know, there's a, there's a real Christmas movie melange you could make. You could do all of those things and just take all those boxes in, in one film. I think that would be nice. Um, here's my here's my idea. I'm going to say this now on, on air, so if any of you fuckers rip it off, I can sue you. Also, Fat Marmalade, all right? So it's a Christmas carol carol. Or Christmas Carol, Christmas Carol, if that makes sense. What? Anyway, someone about, whose name is Carol. Someone, No, no, no. It's, it's, and it's a, Christmas. A, it's about a, a film director, an obnoxious film director, who is making an adaptation of A Christmas Carol uh, because he thinks it's going to be the thing that's going to turn his career around. And it's obviously a terrible idea because nobody wants to see another adaptation of A Christmas Carol. And one night he is visited by three ghosts, the ghosts of a Christmas Carol movies past. Christmas Carol movies present oh and Christmas Carol movies yet to come and they try and disabuse him of this notion. There you go. Wow. Cracking idea. Three Oscars, please. Boom, it sounded
1: boom. very Scrooge there up until the the mad twist at the end. Also, I'm Christmas writing... Carol is a character in that uh, Netflix Christmas movie last year. Oh, really? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm writing... Uh, Jimmy. I'm writing Christmas Carol on the, the wall here, which mm-hmm. uh, Jazz of Em are going to be uh, not jazzed about. And I'm writing dollar signs through the S's and I'm turning the O's into... um. Dactari Credits. <laughs> there we go. Well, there it's we have exciting. It. Lots of money to be made across the universe with that one. So back off. That is my idea. If, any, if, I, if I see that movie on Netflix, and let's be honest, we will see that movie on Netflix in the next two years, I'm coming for you with Marmalade in tow. Anyway, couple of quick things to talk about. Peter Dinklage has signed on mm. to join the cast of... The Hunger Games prequel which is a movie I still cannot believe is actually happening and it is called The Hunger Games The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes and he is going to play and I cannot emphasize this enough a character called Casca Highbottom so (laughs) at least the grand tradition of really really fucking stupid names is continuing in the Hunger Games universe Yep
1: Alright I don't know how to Get excited about this. I mean, look, Rachel Zegler is the lead. She's wonderful. Obviously, we loved her in, in uh, West Side Story, but eh, you kind of know how it's going to end, and it's not going to be happy because it's a prequel to The Hunger Games. Prequels don't do it.
0: Are we excited at least about the news that Kurt Russell and his son, Wyatt Russell, are going to star together on screen for the first time? We've been talking about this for a long, long time but they're finally going to star in that Godzilla TV show that is happening mm. uh, that is going straight to Apple, I think. That was announced last night.
1: I think that's cool. As long as, you know, the, the human characters in that show get more to do than maybe the last couple of Godzilla films where I just felt like all of the star power... In the human cast was was completely wasted
2: they have been in all of those haven't they but i think that whole franchise redeemed itself with godzilla versus kong which i feel quite warm and fuzzy towards
3: because it made kong the main character in the film it did yeah (laughs) it's a a kong movie and they gave him an
2: axe
3: (laughs) a giant axe and it's got a glowing spine there's glowing spearhead that is one of the spines of godzilla
2: and he lives in the center of the earth, and Godzilla drills down to see him, and he shouts gorilla swear words up through the hole in the earth at Godzilla, and it's the greatest thing that's ever happened on screen. They stare each other down through the crust of the earth. <laughs> it's amazing! 10 just, stars. So it is the many, most metal I, film I have, ever created. I have so
1: many <laughs> concerns.
3: What I want from this Kurt Russell, Wyatt Russell thing, though, is because they've pitched this as like it's a. It is a story about a family in that universe connected somehow to that bullshit monarch organization thing, because every fucking shared universe needs a shadowy organization. What I'm kind of hoping is because already this saga is kind of quite time-hopping, obviously Kong Skull Island was in the 70s, would be that Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell are playing the same character in different
1: Whoa.
4: parts of the timeline because they
3: look so father sunny, you know? They they could really convincingly do like Wyatt Russell in something 70s-ish around Kong Skull Island, part of the timeline, and then present day have Kurt Russell. That would be cool. All right, that
1: works for me. I mean, they'll have to obviously give Wyatt Russell even even more bouffant hair to match the glory of young Kurt Russell, but, you know, we can work on it. Bit of, bit of hairspray. A lot of hairspray.
0: Hairspray, another good one-word title.
1: Really good one-word title. Yeah. yeah, I like both versions.
0: Yeah, there we go. Okay. All right. If that's all the news is fit to print, then it is time for this week's guest. And everyone remembers the incredible cave diving rescue that happened in Thailand back in 2018, when 13 young Thai football players, soccer players, if you will, and their coach uh, went into a subterranean cave network just to have a a bit of a, a play around, a bit of a bit of a birthday party, I think it was, and got trapped. Uh, after some unexpected rainfall trapped him uh, in the cave network. And many countries around the world mobilized to try and somehow rescue these kids. And the odds were stacked against them, but miraculously, against all the odds, they managed to do it. And even as you were watching this unfold in real time over the period of, what, two weeks or so, maybe two, three weeks back in 2018 we were all thinking one day this is going to be a big old Hollywood movie and they've moved very very quickly to make it a big old Hollywood movie and that big old Hollywood movie is called 13 Lives and it's directed by Ron Howard the great director of course of Apollo 13 and Parenthood one word title Splash one word title Solo A Star Wars Story yeah and now 13 Lives two words hyphenated not in this case but yeah Mm -hmm. I choose to hyphenate it Mm mm-hmm can I be wrong? Yes. Okay. Uh, anyway, it's directed by Ron Howard and it stars an international cast uh, that is headed up by Figo Mortensen and Colin Farrell and Joel Edgerton as three of the divers who spearheaded the operation to save the young kids. Uh, and they were Brits and an Australian, and some of the stuff that they did to get these kids out, my God, you won't believe. Uh, And it's a very compelling movie that is out next week in cinemas and the week after that on Prime Video. And uh, I had a good old chat with Ron Howard, um, I think making his first appearance on the podcast since Rush. I might be wrong on that, but I think so. Uh, No, he did Solo. He did a spoiler special with him for Solo, I'm pretty sure. But it was great to speak to Ron Howard across Zoom when he came into London earlier on this week and we talked about the movie, we talked about how it fits in with the thematic preoccupations that have propelled his career as a director, and we talked a little bit about his daughter, Bryce Dallas Howard, and her directorial ambitions as well. Do please enjoy. We are delighted to be joined on The Emperor Podcast by the director of 13 Lives, the great Ron Howard. How are you, sir? I'm well, thank you. Excellent, excellent. It's the hottest day of the year uh, and probably the hottest day of all time for the uk but uh, but you're okay as the man who directed backdraft i'm sure you can handle heat.
5: yeah i've got I, you know look it goes back to my childhood in burbank california the san fernando valley uh you know it was it was uh it was this for about two months in a row plus smog <laughs> <laughs> so you're good you're good i'm, I'm doing okay today
0: Excellent. you might run a marathon later on <laughs> to see what happens. Um, I have to say, Backdraft and Apollo 13 came to mind when I was watching 13 Lives. Um, were there were movies that were on your mind? Did you see this as, as part of a sort of unofficial series of mm-hmm. movies about really smart, really competent people who work together to overcome insurmountable obstacles?
5: Well, I'm, I'm always fascinated by these teams that come, come together. There was, a, there was a, 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 a big difference in one way, um, in my mind, in that so much of what was achieved uh, in the rescue of, in, in our movie 13 Lives and in the event, of course, was executed by volunteers. Yeah. Backdraft and Apollo 13, those are, those are examples of, um, of experts applying what they know. To, you know, very precarious, very dangerous circumstances. And, and sure, the cave divers, uh, were applying what they knew there and their expertise made the rescue possible. But it's not like that. They're, you know, professional rescuers. They're, uh, you know, and so many of the people that made it all possible, the people that went up on the mountainside and, and, and helped divert the water. Uh, you know, there was, there was so much volunteerism. Uh, that required you know a lot of courage and and a kind of a suspension of des- disbelief, because they had well it, it, none of them just dis- really didn 't believe it was possible to save somebody they just none of them none of them would have guessed that they could save them all and make that you know that, that, that achieve that and uh, so it really was a kind of a, mi- a miracle and in in my ways i you know on my script, I even wrote at one point you know just uh it 's a, a granular uh anatomy of a miracle uh so many decisions were made choices that that demonstrated real courage uh might have required some luck some good fortune as well so many problems were solved and yet this is what it took to um you know achieve this remarkable outcome
0: one of the things i really liked about it as well was just how matter of fact everything is there's almost a mundanity to the way that the 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 main characters, the, the the cave divers, react to the situations that they're in, yeah, uh, which I thought was fascinating.
5: That's they reminded me a little bit of the astronauts. In fact, when I you know was meeting with with Rick Stanton, John, Malinson, uh, Jason Malinson, uh, uh, John and Jason Mallinson, John Valanthan, and Chris Jewell, I I immediately drew a connection to many of my conversations and interviews with the Apollo era uh, astronauts. Mm-hmm. Is very much like a pilot's mentality. It's work the problem, stay calm, you know, uh, and and uh, and and, um, you know, and carry on. And 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 so it's interesting that you would draw that uh, distinction. That's that's just that's who they are. But many of the other volunteers who came in, especially the Thai volunteers, they they do have a kind of a Buddhist mentality, which is do what you can. And that's, that's enough. It's, it's, so there's no neurosis around it. Yeah. There's uh, the parents may have felt desperation, but for everyone else, it was um, much more a commitment to process. Yeah.
0: It's, it's one day at a time. It's one beat at a time. You put your, you put your shoes on you know, one foot at a time. It's, it's The outcome
5: that. will be what it will be, but it, but, but we're going to, I'm, we're, I am going to contribute everything that I can. And within that, I felt like there were a lot of demonstrations of real courage. You know, there are a lot of different brands of courage, but it's uh, in some instances, it was it was certainly physical, but also emotional. Um, you know, there, there were there were you know, there were career um, uh, sacrifices and threats and you know, that 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 were influencing uh, um, the decisions people had to make. And yet over and over, they, they kind of kept doing the right thing by the kids which 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 makes us all recognize well if if Thailand could sort of lead the charge in this way and invite inclusion in the way that they did and yeah. and achieve what they achieved for those boys and that soccer coach, you know what what else could we achieve on this planet what what else what else could we could we do it's a great it's a great object lesson that they gave us,
0: it really is, and uh, I have to say obviously it was it was. It was headline news around the world when the yeah. operation, when the rescue was happening.
5: And I thought I knew the story when I read William Nicholson's script. I realized, yeah, all, all the headlines are there, but there's so much more. And, you know, and then I corroborated that through my own research. And we just kept going uh, deeper and deeper because, look, I've learned. I feel this as a viewer. But I've also learned it, uh, you know, as a director, uh, starting with a couple of those movies that you referenced, Backdraft and Apollo 13. People love knowing about the process. It's entertaining. It's engrossing to understand what is involved in these things uh, transpiring the way they do. And um, you can create suspense even when you when you generally know the outcome, because you don't know what the price, uh, what toll it took on people. You don't know about those nuances and the stakes, um, you know, if you're if you're connected to those characters because they're, you know, they're well performed and the, the scenes are staged properly. You know, you know, and all of that is, is, is working, you know, as, as well as it can be, you know, you get that emotional investment and, uh, you know, it's cathartic for us as audience members. And I think this is a good contemporary um, version of 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 one of those sort of entertainments.
0: Listen, you you talked there about about staging uh, certain sequences, and uh, the, the diving sequence must have been a huge challenge for you to help the audience, to help the viewer know where everyone is in this labyrinthine network. Yeah. You know, you have the sense of claustrophobia as well. That must have been incredibly challenging.
5: It, it turned out to be more challenging than I expected it would. I'd, I'd done a lot of work, in, you know, as you noted, in in Difficult circumstances, uh, you know, and, and atmospheres and whether it's weightlessness or the fires or, or even the tracks for Formula One uh, yeah. rush, you know, it, it's all kind of precarious, unpredictable situations um, to try to tell a story. And but I thought this was going to be easier. I've done a lot of work in the ocean underwater, but I didn't recognize what it was going to mean to actually put people in these tight spaces and then try to photograph them. And sure, we put in little camera, you know, slits and little sections where we knew we could get a a diver in and with a operating a a camera. But, you know, there's no place for safety divers. Uh, Sure, we were in tanks, you know, it's a controlled environment. But you're still, Mm -hmm. you you know, you're you're submerging those caves uh, and you're putting a person relying on the gear uh, into these very, very tight claustrophobic spaces and trying to photograph it and trying to stage scenes. And uh, yeah, it, it was, it was uh, definitely, uh, on, on, on the uh, degree of difficulty scale, you know, it, it, was, uh, it was one of the bigger challenges as a director. But the cast really rose to meet the challenge because they did so much training themselves. They became so adept, working with Rick Stanton and Jason Mallinson. And at a certain point, in, toward the end of, of the rehearsal period, um, Vigo Mortensen came to me and said, "You know, Colin and I have been talking about this, and I really hope you'll let us do it all. I, I want, you know," he says. "I, I, have learned how to dive. I've under, I've come to understand and to be able to do replicate this technique. And um, I don't trust a double. And and I, and I, and I, you know, I, I will make the time." I will work the extra hours. I'll come in on the Saturday or Sunday. You know, please let me do it. And every other actor fell into uh, accordance with that. Mm -hmm. And um, at first I was dubious to the plausibility of that. But that's what that's what they did. And it made our movie better because it allowed me to shoot it, as you can imagine, in a much more fluid, um, realistic way, much more of a documentary feel.
0: Well, you can see it's them. You can see it's them through the masks.
5: And which... you can start in a wide shot and come into yeah. that. And you know, it's not just that cut to that we did in some little controlled uh, tank with a little piece of still leg tight in the foreground or something. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that technique, though, no, Ron. No, no, it's, no. it's worked. For, it's I, worked I for fully many, prepared many years. To go that way. I was fully <laughs> prepared to go that way, but they gave us this sort of this other this other gift. But look, everybody everybody went the extra mile to to try to 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 bring this story to life. With as much authenticity and detail uh, as they as they possibly could, because they you know they respected the story, they respected the people who lived it, and they wanted to get it right.
0: And uh, and was that something that you grappled with you and, and William Nicholson at the at the at the scripting stage? The, the The facts of the rescue operation are well known. The the divers who headed it up were were British mm. uh, and Australian as uh, as well, of course. But did you want to make sure that the efforts of the Thai authorities and the Thai people who who as well rushed to the scene and and tried to help were were given a fair a fair amount of screen time also?
5: well, yes, absolutely and i and i I felt that um it was not only sort of appropriate um but as I delved more deeply into the story, I recognized what a great job the Thai leadership really did. I mean, they they didn't back off they went in as best they could with everything that they had and then they had the presence of mind they they the and 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 the 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 sense of 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 purpose and openness to say um any other ideas can can anybody help what else can what else can we do what should we be doing and to uh, to to sort to embrace this so I have so much respect for the, the example that they set um, as uh, in, in, in not politicizing this situation uh, or letting national pride kind of get in the way of the real goal here, which was to do everything they could to get those um, those kids out. Um, I also just found it interesting. And, um, you know, whereas the, 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 the diving is fascinating and certainly the center of our movie and it's suspenseful. And cinematic and all the things that I, that I hoped it could be, I believe. But, but I also found, um, some things that weren't, uh really in the script to begin with things like the effort on the mountain to divert Mm -hmm. the water. Um, the mention of the sacrifice of, uh, by the farmers of their fields to allow that to happen, that was in the initial script, but I didn't understand how difficult the engineering, uh, process was or how basic it became. Things like, you know, running out of pipe to divert the water from these dams that they kept building and then this, and then splitting bamboo to create these troughs so that they could continue the process. Uh, you know, it, there was and by the way, there are so many stories. There are so many stories that could be told and so many details that are fascinating that if, yeah. you know, if there was any frustration, it, it, you know, were those great, cool details that we had to leave out. Absolutely.
0: Uh, well, I've got to let you go in a couple of minutes, Ron. But uh, in the hotel, the London hotel that you are in right now, I'm not going to reveal the name of the hotel, obviously. But uh, uh, I spoke to uh, Bryce, your daughter, in maybe even in that same room about a month ago. Aha! Uh-huh. And uh, she was telling me all about how she effectively grew up in London on your movie sets, on the you know things like the set set of Willow and whatnot.
4: Yes. yes. Um, School
0: in London for a while. Absolutely. And obviously now she's taking her first steps into directing and you must be incredibly proud of the stuff she's
5: doing. I'm very proud of her, but the reality is just under the radar, she's been doing this since, since her college years, she was directing theater then, you know, experimental plays in the subways of New York um, uh, performed at midnight and, and that kind of stuff that, that cool, ambitious, smart students do, you know, just to, to, Test the the waters and uh, making short films. Uh, usually, when she was pregnant and really couldn't be acting in anything, she would just take a little time and do a, a short for someone or do a, p- a little bit for television. So, uh, uh, while she was visiting me because she was doing, well, you know, the the second Jurassic movie, and uh, they had wrapped, and she hung around for a while to just to hang out on the set of Solo, and and it was there that uh, Kathy Kennedy. And then later, John Favreau realized what a Star Wars um, fan she really is. Uh, and you know, uh, o- over a period of time, they invited her to participate, and she's just loved being a part of it. Loves it. And um, so, the directing has been something she's had her eye on for a long time. But the you know, the sort of the the world of uh, of, of 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 Star Wars is something she's just feeling, and you know, just so grateful to, to be a a, a part of, and she wants to make other things as well and keep acting. Um, She's got a terrific movie that Matthew Vaughn directed that's coming out soon. And, you know, so she's, uh, I'm very proud of her and happy for her because, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it all comes from this place of just loving the medium and audiences and sort of what, what stories can mean, you know, whatever her role is in it.
0: Absolutely. And uh, I'm sure, you know, Ron, about there is a shot for shot homage to Apollo 13 in one of her Mandalorian episodes.
5: (laughs) That was very cool. I, you know, I didn't know about it, but she said, hey, when you had the droplets coming down and where was the camera angle? And do you remember how you did that? She was just asking a few questions and I couldn't figure out how it related. And then when I saw it all cut together, uh, you know, they're very secretive there. I don't see any of the scripts. I don't see anything. I'm just like everybody. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, when, when the episode comes out, I can, I get to geek out then.
0: Amazing. Well, uh, Ron, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm going to let you go. But, uh, once again, Ron Howard, thanks for your time. Pleasure. Good talking to you. Okay. So that was Ron Howard and we will be talking about 13 lives on next week's show, but instead it is now time to talk about the films that are out in the multiplex and on the sofaplex this week. And it's mostly sofaplex stuff this week, I would say. First up, though, we have a film that is in the multiplex this week. It is Where the Crawdads Sing. It is an adaptation of a big old successful
3: book, and it has been seen by Ben Travis. Ben. Yeah, so this is from Reese Witherspoon's production company. This is the latest. Reese Witherspoon finds a kind of big acclaimed novel and adapts it for the screen. Obviously, previously, she's been in uh, Big Little Lies and Sharp Objects.
1: Wild as well
3: right wild as well was another sort of book from her Uh, this one is yeah not small screen this is big screen movie uh which stars daisy edgar jones as kaya uh she is a woman who uh has been growing up in the marshes of carolina and uh, has lived this very deprived life as a kid, uh, facing abuse in her family and the abandonment of her mother and various other people in the family. She has grown up on the marsh, kind of having to survive for herself. Uh, And then as a young woman, she is accused of a murder. A, A body is found in the marsh, uh, she has this reputation in the local town of, they literally call her Marsh Girl because she's just this almost mythical sort of person who everyone knows kind of lives off in the fringes, but no one really knows her or knows anything about her, and she's ostracized. So all the fingers start pointing at Kaya that she has uh, killed this guy whose body has been found in the marsh. And uh, we follow kind of the the court case as she teams up with a lawyer played by David strathan uh, and as you go through the court case, we kind of flash back into her life, into her childhood, how she became who she is, and the romantic entanglements in her life, and how that leads to this murder, and the question of did she do it? Didn't she do it? Has she been? Has this been pinned on her because of all of the the prejudice in the town? It feels like a very straight up adaptation of this book. I I haven't read the book myself, but uh, I know many people, a lot who, of people have, have, yeah. who love this book. <laughs> And I couldn't help but watching it as somebody who was new to this story. I was I was hooked in by the story. I was following along and I was intrigued by what the resolution was going to be. Did she do it? Didn't she do it? What, why is it this person, specific person whose body has been found? What is the life that has led her to this point? I was I was hooked in on a basic level, but it feels like a very surface level adaptation of a book that when people talk about that book, they talk about the depth of it the lyrical nature of it and especially the the descriptions of the marsh and of kaya's life and how she interacts with nature and you're watching the film going i am here in the plot but i could you can just feel the fact that it is an adaptation of a book that has so much more in it and they mess around with the chronology in this as well don't they I mean, I don't know in relation to the book because I don't know if it's more linear in the book. There is a you bit of start.
2: Kind of, do you start with the sort of arrest slash trial. Is that where it begins? It starts with the body being found. Right. Okay. And yeah. and then the
3: lawyer coming to her in jail and saying, "Look, I'm going to help you out, hmm. and we'll we'll kind of figure this out." And then you kind of hop around in different parts. Hopper. That's <laughs> right. No Jim Hopper. No Predator. <laughs> it's a predator prequel.
2: <laughs> it's another one.
3: Where the crawdads sing, or were skinned. Can confirm no crawdads in the movie. <laughs> Had to Google what a crawdad was. It it's like insect? a little shrimpy thing. Oh. Uh, but like, sounds like a predator. But anyway, I think it's probably shrimp. more prey to other uh, herons and things on the marsh. I would okay. say. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's not great. I thought it was okay. I thought I was, as I said, I was in it. I was along for the ride. I thought Daisy Edgar Jones is very good. Um, you can everything. feel her mm-hmm. doing more than the script kind of (laughs) has for her. And there are moments where, because she's quite a reserved character, she's quite a mysterious character, but there are moments where she kind of unleashes and you feel her her rage or her her abandonment, or you feel that from her performance. But the film itself feels, I think, disappointingly thin. And I think you can't help but watch it and go, why wasn't this a TV series? You made Big Little Lies as a as a series. You made Sharp Objects as a mm-hmm. series. You made Little Fires Everywhere as a series. This, over the course of six, seven hours, you could have really lent into the depth of those relationships, of the, of the place of the marsh itself. Had more of her... I wanted more of her just titting about in the marsh. I wanted <laughs> ten minutes of her bobbing around in the marsh, kind of seeing the life that she's had to cultivate for herself because that's so much texture of who the character is and and that feeds into the plot and I feel like you didn't get that but you see enough of a hint of it that it makes you want more of that and you could see how much more of that would be there in the book but as I said the, the nuts and bolts of the plot come across well and I was in it the whole time it just felt like they could have done a lot more of it. And it comes it on pre-equipped, uh, pre-equipped
2: with a Taylor Swift banger. So that's good.
3: It does, it does. It's another kind of Taylor Swift, Aaron Destner collaboration. So if you're into the, the, the folklore, Evermore, Taylor Swift albums, Carolina, the song that she wrote for this that plays over the end credits is very good. All right. But the film itself is not. So it's we gave fine. us it's two, stars. two uh, stars. Probably a little bit more up on that for me, but, okay. but not much beyond This is not, spoiler alert, going to be a
0: week of high star ratings, <laughs> sadly, uh, on the podcast. Two stars for that then. And next up, we have Persuasion, which is the latest Jane Austen adaptation. This is on Netflix right now. You can see this movie right now. Uh, and Helen, it is a truth universally acknowledged that. Uh, Jane Austen will make me want to jump through a window.
1: You're a fucking idiot <laughs> then, aren't you? I mean, that's just ridiculous because Jane Austen is fucking wonderful. Um, Issue though? Yes, absolutely. Nonsense is smart, is and
2: sensibility. She's smart
1: and funny and very, very insightful about human nature which is why her books endure and why people keep trying to adapt so why then
0: did Mansfield Park maybe want to throw myself out of a window because
1: you weren't well, either it wasn't a good adaptation or you weren't paying attention it wasn't it an adaptation it was
0: the book it was the actual book that we studied at, at GCSE oh, well if you if study anything
3: something you studied at GCSE, GCSE you hate that's not true that is not true come on maybe it's both your pride and your prejudice that's it <laughs> that's <laughs> it <laughs> <That's laughs> anyway there yeah, you go so another one word anyway. film Clueless Clueless
0: Clueless the best Jane
2: Austen adaptation Clueless is actually
1: a genuine genuinely great mm. Jane Austen
2: adaptation. It's yep. funny because 10 Things I Hate about, about You is the best Shakespeare adaptation. So.
1: It's not the best but it's Definitely a very good one. It mm. is not the best yep. but it's a very good one. All so right. this is directed by Carrie Cracknell. It is uh, Persuasion is one of I feel like Austen fans consider this her best book. Like, you know, the casual fans will all go to Pride and Prejudice. The hardcore Austenites go to Persuasion. So this is where and, you find the
2: true Austen power.
1: <laughs> indeed. Uh, which is why they've all gone completely buck daft on Twitter about how shit this is it's not great but I personally wouldn't go quite that furious about it what they've tried to oh do God, is this they gonna weird
0: are they going to fight me are they, fight me? Are they, are they scary they
1: yeah they don't, don't worry the hardcore Austen fans won't come for you because you're an idiot and don't like Austen they'll just move on with their lives and leave you be
0: there's no Jack Reacher in any of the uh, Jen Austen books I have checked it's not Pride and Prejudice and Reacher if it, I mean, I know I mean, that I would they've, watch done, they've that. done that with zombies, that. but to to bad effect. Yeah. But Pride and Prejudice and Reacher, <laughs> Mansfield Park with Jack Reacher would be a much better version of that novel. Mm. Is what I'm saying. It Love
1: is, and friendship and Reacher, actually, yeah. that would be amazing. It is a anyway. truth
2: universally acknowledged that no shower should last more than three minutes.
1: <laughs> it's truth universally acknowledged that you two only know one <laughs> quote from Jane Austen.
0: <laughs> it is a truth universally acknowledged that Helen is correct. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Anyway, this is the one, for example, with the with the line about being half agony, half hope. I mean, it's a great, it's got great, great lines persuasion. And that's uh, I won't, I'm okay. not I'm not here for any more Jane Austen bashing. That's not happening. We're not doing this. Okay. Okay. We will, however, really bash this adaptation of persuasion, <laughs> which Aww. decides to go this weird halfway house and try to modernize it without actually modernizing it. So they want the Empire line dresses and the big long great coats. And then they also want to have things about, oh no, it's it's worse than being my ex, now he's my friend. And have her talking about essentially binge drinking and have ridiculous sort of whoops I fell over, how embarrassing lol moments.
0: What it is, I realized as I, as I was watching it, what it is, is basically the it's the modern approach if someone had taken Clueless um, but decided to stage it in period costume. Yes, that's what they're trying that's to. Do. It's the flea
1: bagification yeah. of of Jane Austen. I'm not the first person to say that about this film, but it is very, very true. And you know, it can't help but work sometimes because the basic story is pretty good, and the cast are not all terrible. But what is terrible is the decision to do it this way and the script. Uh, So everybody is trying to desperately to get past that and in particular, I think Dakota Johnson as Anne Elliot, as our heroine, is really, really hampered by it because she's the one talking directly to camera and, you know, trying to make it, sell the whole thing. Cosmo Jarvis as Wentworth is a very good Wentworth. Lots of smouldering going on. I have to say, I thought that the Single best character in it was Maya McKenna-Bruce as Mary, who is uh, Anne Elliot's married sister and is an absolute egotistical monster, and she's freaking hilarious. And on the basis of this, she she deserves to go on to much, much bigger and better things. Um, but but generally speaking, just I, I hated the script of this quite a lot, except the bits that actually came from the book. If you want to watch Persuasion, watch the Kieran Hines one from years and years ago. It's much
0: better. Didn't Neil the Butte do one a few years ago as well? Or was that something else? That's, uh, That's I'm possession. seeing a different possession. Oh yeah, that makes. More Sorry. sense. Sorry, completely, com- completely got those wrong. So someone's yelling at me at home. Yeah, you know what I, I, you know I, went into this knowing it was going to be largely not great, and people were being very vitriolic about it on Twitter and saying it was terrible and one star and all that sort of stuff. And I thought it was actually okay, you know, despite my <laughs> allergy to Jane Austen. I'm only kidding, of course, you know. But honestly, that that experience of reading Mansfield Park. Uh, it was was not a good one um, in, in my formative years. Uh, but yes, I, I it is a truth universally acknowledged that Jane Austen is a, hmm. a phenomenal writer and I just cannot wait for one day if Rob Zombie did to, to adapt of one course. of her books. <laughs> that, that would be like the Fenn diagram for me. Uh, anyway, uh, I thought it was better than the reviews were saying and better, better than, than the reviews. Fitriol. Yeah, And but- I thought Dakota Johnson was actually really good and she sells the the various dimensions of this character, the sadness and the sort of self-destructive tendencies that she has and she sells the humour and and the the looks to camera which can be
3: really difficult to pull off, I would say, uh, in in performers. I did see a funny tweet though where somebody said her face just looks like she's somebody who knows who an iPhone is. Who knows what an (laughs) iPhone is. But that's people bringing their prejudices, their oh, modern
0: no pr- pride and their prejudices to this film. I don't I don't get that at all. I, I really don't get that at all. You know, they're, they're acting in a slightly modern way. And maybe that th- occasionally bumps up against the fact that everything's very, very period drama. I don't think it's directed with a lot of ferv, if I'm honest. It feels like they had a stately home for a couple of days and they did what they could. But, you know, it, it's fine. It's better than most people have been saying. We gave it two stars. It was yeah, That's probably about right, I would say. Uh, there are two more films to talk about very, very quickly this week. One is on Disney+. Plus. It is The Princess,
2: Jimbo. It is indeed. Anyone looking for The Princess this year may inadvertently stumble across the Ed Perkins documentary about Princess Diana, which we gave two stars for and is disappointed. But if that is what you do, then you have dodged a fucking bullet, because that is a hell of a lot better than this princess, which is the Lee Van Kiet sort of action film i want to call it uh this basically stars uh joey king as a princess she wakes up chained up in a room at the top of a tower where she's being forced to marry an evil lord which is dominic cooper in i think it's fairly safe to say a career worst performance uh she then has to fight her way down the tower in a kind of shit reverse raid (laughs) to avoid getting married it's like, but generally anyway, that is the plot there is no characterization she does not have a name that's a fine that's not a problem but the kingdom doesn't have a name there's no real story arc whatsoever and look that's not necessarily the end of the world like the raid doesn't have what i would call a strong narrative structure what it does have is incredible action and you become incredibly engaged in the story regardless even though it's a very simple premise this has a non-existent premise but you've got cardboard characters you've got absolutely no attempt at world building or mythology but then most crucially The action is incredibly, incredibly underwhelming. Uh, It's not particularly well choreographed. Bless her, Joey King does the best she possibly can, but she's given no character. She's not given a great deal of choreography. This is not John Wick by any stretch of the imagination. It's certainly not The Raid. And then it deals in these awful, 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 awful stereotypes. You have like the loincloth wearing barbarian and a sort of bull's head helmet sort of lunging around with a broadsword. You know, and she, you know, she does her level best to kind of make it entertaining, but she's given these terrible, terrible quips to work with as well. And I think the problem is this film thinks it's kind of this feminist fable where it's deconstructing the myth of the imperiled Rapunzel-esque princess in a tower. But, you know, we have strong women action heroes and it seems like this is a very regressive male view of what a strong woman would be and it doesn't work work on any level at all it is boring it is dull it's really really bloody so it's not in any way broad for families at all like it's very very gory but it's just honestly by the by the time i got to the end of this i was sort of praying for someone to impale me on a broadsword it was just or smother me with a pillow or, or smother me with a pillow a marmalade. but genuinely this is the worst film i have seen in a very very long time it is wow. badly written it is badly executed it's just horrific save yourselves from hell I
0: again didn't think it was as bad as was. Oh. <laughs> I'm being very very generous to the period dramas this week. I, I thought, you know, it, it it it's got points for some execution, points for some fervor, executions. Or executions. I, I I I thought it was a decent oh, decent attempt. God. Like a two we're talking two
2: stars. Oh, I'm 100% I don't, I don't in the one star camp without a shadow of a doubt.
0: Vitriol here. Yeah. I think I think it's, you know, there's there's some yeah, nice ideas in it. Uh, you know, Joey King is is very very good, but uh, yeah, she's making a bit of a name for herself as this kind of you know kick ass heroine at the moment. Not here, she's not. I think she is. I think she's oh, fine. I, I, she's I, fine, I, but, I have you know, to be honest, it's... I
2: think two stars would be a gift from the gods for this film. I really do. All right, so four stars in for The <laughs> Princess. <laughs> and then, very quickly,
0: uh, we also have the prime video movie starring John Cho, uh, which is called Don't Make Me Go. Now, mm-hmm. is that because it's bad and you, you know, people shouldn't be going to see this film, or what?
1: No, it, look, it's it's not bad, uh, much of it is very good, but like the the very opening line of this film is, you're not going to like how this story ends, and and sure enough, I didn't like <laughs> how this story ended. Uh, a lot of people have had problems with the third act, and I thought, well, I I don't see what people are complaining about. Here I am, an hour and twenty minutes into the film, I'm still I'm still liking this. This is. John Cho is a guy called Max, a single father who's looking after his daughter, Wally. Yes, Wally, played by Maya Isaac. And he is facing uh, a very, very serious diagnosis of cancer. He's facing potentially dying within a year. And he's trying to bring her to meet her mother, really, for the first time since she was a baby and and try and, you know, reconnect her with the only family she's going to have left, potentially. So... Uh, it's a road trip, you know, and and a like father daughter bonding story, I and like there's those. yeah, lots of lovely kind of character moments between the two of them, uh, a really nice dynamic. I'm like, I'm having a good time. Uh, Hannah Marks, the director, has done a good job here. I'm, I'm, you know, this is all going well. Yeah, and, I, and sure enough, then I didn't like the ending. So. Ah. Yeah. So look So
0: watch it until what, well, hundred <laughs> minutes in, then stop.
1: Watch it until yeah, about that. And and just, just leave it. Leave okay. it before the end. Look, I, I didn't hate it. I can see what they were doing. I feel like there's a certain kind of you know, if you'd seen this at the right age in your teenage years, you might have just been like, Oh my god, this is so powerful and so moving and I love it. And and but maybe because I'm old and cynical, I'm just like, Well, that was a melodrama that happened. Poof. So mm.
0: Well that happened. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing that happened. Wild stuff. All right, what would you give it?
1: I would probably go three because I, I do think that central relationship um, is is lovely and is yeah. really well done. And I think we need more films with John Cho as the leading man.
0: All right, do you know he's fifty?
1: I do, and he. Uh, this is one issue I did have with the film. His kind of love interest when we meet him in the, in the film is Kaya Scodelario, who is
0: thirty. I'm a bit
1: like come on guys
0: Joy, yeah, yeah. I
1: mean like it's not a big deal but like yeah. do we have to keep doing 20 year age gaps as standard
0: but not if you uh, don't know he's 50 if you think he's like early because you could think he's late 30s right uh, so yeah, yeah. You, he
1: doesn't look at late, late 30s anymore
3: unbelievable look, he still he looks
1: like one of the most handsome men in the world but like he doesn't look like somebody in his 30s okay. I'm
3: just saying have we ever done that as a question as well on the podcast? Like films that are genuinely very Biggest good, age but gap sort between characters. <laughs> what I feel like that comes up on the podcast a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. But but films that kind of go off the cliff in the third act, but that otherwise are actually really great. I, f- I feel like that's a that's a category of Indiana movies. Jones and The Last Crusade. Literally goes off a cliff in the third act <laughs> and, is <also> really <laughs> and is also really great. Also really great. So yeah, but is. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull also goes off a cliff what? What? in both senses at the I same time. I don't,
1: I don't. What's he talking I don't know about? What he's talking about. I never heard of it. Yeah,
3: I bought the box set and it had this extra disc with it so I just thought I'd put it in. I thought it might be extras or something but then it turned out to be this whole other movie. The fan film was produced by Frank Marshall Mm -hmm. who is the son, of course, of Jack Marshall who
0: wrote the theme tunes for The Monsters. It's all connected.
3: Point for down.
0: And on that bombshell, that is it for this week's Empire Podcast. Join us next week for more film-related fun where we'll be joined by Aaron Taylor-Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry. Two of the stars of Bullet Train. What, what? And they are a lot of fun together, both in the film Embargo, and <laughs> I this I laugh in the face of embargoes until I get sued. And <laughs> and also on the podcast as well. Very exciting to have them on the show. But that is it. That is it. Until then, until we meet again, until that auspicious occasion, it is goodbye for my three colleagues of such a lethal cunning, the demon who makes the trophies of men, James Dyer. I'll be back that's <laughs> a dark threat a <laughs> Ben Travis goodbye goodbye Ben uh, Helen O'Hara Toodle. Toodaloo, toodaloo
1: toodaloo gosh we sound like Michael Flatley
0: see my legs are moving about flailing about it's if it depends dependent for the rest of my body it's absolutely wild Jesus look at that hello <clears throat> god it's exhausting how does he do it I don't know by being really he's fit. got yeah. many many injuries i have read on his wikipedia page. Uh, anyway, it's also goodbye from me. I am off to stake a claim to go on the set of Mama Thria. Haha, ha, no. that's right. Oh, no. That's right. It's happening. <laughs> and don't forget folks, going. keep your friends oh, no. keep your friends close and your frenemies closer. <laughs> Good advice. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye.